right, this morning's message. Uh, the other night I was in uh, Branson, Missouri, and uh, I'd gone down to uh, uh, be on the uh, Jim Baker show, and um, that's when we were supposed to fly home. I forget what night it was. Tuesday night is all blur, but uh, <clears throat> that's when the big snowstorm and the, and the nasty weather came through here, and I felt led to stay in Branson because I have this aversion to plummeting to my death from 28,000 feet. So I said, well, let's just stay an extra night. We were kind of bumming and, and had nothing to do. So uh, uh, I called the bakers. I said, come on, you guys, let's go out. Let's do something. Let's go to a movie. And after some prodding and stuff like that, we decided to go to a movie down there. And uh, we went to this movie called The Bucket List. I don't know how many of you have seen this, but it's, uh, it's really a, it's a fabulous movie starring uh, Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman. It's a story of two guys who've been told that they have less than a, a year to live. And then they make a list of all the things they want to do before they kick the bucket. And uh, it's really a great movie, very funny. Uh, it'll even make uh, some people cry. It's a great, but it's, it's a great guy movie. It's a great guy kind of flick, but chicks would dig it too. So, uh, but, but the thing that I found interesting about this um, as I'm watching the stories, and, and a lot of times you'll hear stories like that or movies like that, or you'll hear songs about, you know, I wish you get a chance to live like you were dying and all the focus on all the activities of this world. But honestly, I got to tell you, I find it odd that when faced with eternity, that people would actually focus on the temporary world they're leaving instead of the eternal world that they're entering. And, uh, uh, you know, these things are all about enjoying your life to the fullest here and now. And I think that's fine and, and, and great uh, to a certain degree. But honestly, if I know I'm kicking the bucket, you know, my focus is not on what I haven't done here. My focus is, man, am I ready to go there? Because this is but a blink of an eye for your existence. Eternity lies before us, looms before us. And we are fools who only focus on this eternal little blink and ignore the eternity to which we are headed for. So this morning I said, you know, I'm going to uh, be inspired by this movie and I'm going to come up with a bucket list for believers. <clears throat> this is the true bucket list that you need to focus on before you check out of here. Number one on the list, have you done the will of God? That's the first thing you should be analyzing in your own heart. Jesus said this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Quite frankly, I think we are going to be shocked. I'm convinced of it. We're going to be shocked at how broad the way is that leads to destruction and how many people are there and how narrow the way that leads to life and how few there be that find it. Jesus said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that a shock? but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So this is an important thing to put on your list. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons, perform miracles, did all these great wonderful things for God? And he says, I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. He goes on to say, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain came down, 
the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Are we doing the will of God? You say, well, I'm trying to figure out the will of God. What is it? I'm trying to figure out what God wants me to do. So often, I preached this a couple of weeks ago. So often we focus on the will of God as some divine special thing you're supposed to be doing. When in point of fact, the will of God is more about obeying the words of God. It's about obeying what we know to do in the scriptures. This is where the focus on the will of God is. It's not about what special activity are you supposed to be doing, what special uh, job you're supposed to be doing for your career. That's where everybody's focus. It's not about that. It's about what he says, doing the words that I've said. Do you put them in the practice? Do you build your house on the rock? I uh, talked about, I just took a, from a couple of chapters in Ephesians, went through this list. I'm going to read it to you again, just very quickly. Talk about the will of God. You want to know what the will of God is? Get a new attitude. Tell the truth. When you get mad, don't sin. Don't take what doesn't belong to you. Work hard to give to others. Stop bitterness, anger, and rage in your life. Be nice. Forgive people. Follow God like a little kid. Live a life of love. Don't even allow a hint of sexual immorality in your life. Don't be greedy. Don't hang out with bad people. Make the most of every opportunity in your life. Don't be stupid. Don't get drunk on booze. Get drunk on the Holy Spirit. Let the other guy win. Wives, respect your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Children, obey your parents. Fathers, teach your children about spiritual things. Don't threaten people. Fight the devil. Make sure you're always praying. That's just from a few chapters in one little tiny book in the New Testament. The will of God is about doing the words of God. That's the will of God. So, well, what if, what if God does have something special for you? Well, if you don't do the little things, he's never going to tell you what that special thing is. See, we're supposed to be faithful in the little things before he'll trust us with the greater things. As I said to some of the young people, you know, teenagers growing up in the church and stuff, and they're turning 17, 18, and they say, you know, what is God's will? How come God doesn't tell me his will for my life? Well, why is he going to tell you? You still won't listen to your parents and pick up your underwear for crying out loud. Start doing the basics. Be obedient. Do the fundamentals. You start taking care of the little things. God will take care of the big things. And he'll put you in the place that he wants you to be. So number one, have you done the will of God as you're getting ready to check out? Number two, have you loved mercy? I love the scripture in Micah, the sixth chapter. He says that God has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Do you give mercy to others or are you quick to judge and to criticize others who don't think and process information like you? I don't have the depth of spiritual revelation that you have. I don't view things the way that you view them. Do you accept and give mercy to others or have you set yourself up as a judge? to determine who is acceptable in the kingdom of God and who is not, as if somehow God had given you that position. Romans says this, it says, accept those whose, whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. You know what a disputable matter is? That's something you can dispute. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, sometimes you listen to people, you know, someone will come say, they got a great biblical argument for this side. And someone says, no, 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 I got a great argument for this side. And someone says, well, I can see it from this one. And people get so confused. Pastor, what's the right thing? What's, what do I do? What do I do? Well, first of all, chill out. It's a disputable matter. 
Do what God's put in your heart concerning and quit freaking out about everything that there's all sorts of arguments about. Clearly, if it was really that important, God would have made it crystal clear. Like, do not kill. Very clear. All these little side issues. That's why we don't make big deals out about side issues here at Celebration Church. We allow for people to actually have absolutely opposing points of view on points of doctrine in this church. On minor points of doctrine, not, not the basics. But minor little things, you know. Well, how do you baptize people? Do you put them in water? Do you spray them with a hose? What do you do? <laughs> We're just not going to get into all that nonsense. Here's another one. Paul says, who are you to judge someone else's servant? And he's talking about Christians who criticize other Christians. You don't think someone gives enough money or you don't think someone prays the right way or you don't think someone preaches the gospel the right way or you don't think someone... Blah, 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 blah. Who are you? Paul says, to judge someone else's servant. To his own master, he stands or falls. He's talking about to God. And he says, and he will stand for the Lord is able to make him stand. I like that. See, the whole point is when we start criticizing others, we're convinced they can't stand unless they have our point of view. I've got to share this with you. Or you'll never make it. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. He doesn't need you to make it. Your wisdom, your insight. God is able to take care of him. The Lord is able to make him stand or fall. I love this story in the Old Testament. Check this out in Judges. Story of Jephthah. Jephthah then called together the men of Gilead 